Idaho doesn't need much help to make exploring the outdoors amazing, but Volkswagen of Boise is great about lending a helping hand. Their lineup of vehicles makes it easy to get the most out of exploring eateries across the valley in a Jetta, visiting the distant lands of eastern and northern Idaho in a Tiguan, or finding that one last secret camping hideaway in an Atlas Sport. Volkswagen has an accessory for every adventure. If you're not sure which option is best for your trip, their non-commissioned sales team will guide you down the right path at the right time for you. Come in anytime to see how Volkswagen of Boise can help you maximize your Idaho experience. Volkswagen, engineered to be helpful. For more info, go to www.volkswagenofboise.com. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast, where we talk all things Treasure Valley. We're your hosts, Shane and Natalie Plummer. Welcome back to the conversation. Welcome, everyone. We're so excited to have you here. If you, if you haven't already, grab a glass of wine or a drink. Feel free midway. Get a refill if you need it. Um, but welcome to Kiln. We're so excited to have you here tonight for our Women in Business panel. My name is Kinsey. I work here at Kiln. Um, and we're so excited to welcome you here tonight. Um, we opened back in April. Um, so it's been a couple of months here in the Treasure Valley. We're so excited to be here. Um, and this is the first of many panels and events that we're going to be hosting for the community. So we're so excited that you guys joined um, with us for our very first panel. Um, I just want to introduce our moderator, Natalie. Um, so if you don't know Natalie, she is the founder of Hello Meridian, which is an awesome Instagram page um, here showcasing all of Meridian, Boise, local businesses. She also is the co-host of the Boise Bubble podcast, which we're actually going to be recording all of tonight, um, and that's going to be actually on that podcast. So super exciting. We're really excited to have Natalie with us tonight. So I'm going to pass it off to her. Um, we hope you enjoy the panel. Afterwards, if you have any questions about Kiln, you want a tour, anything like that, feel free to come see myself. We also have Jennifer here and Abby. We're super happy to show you around and introduce you to Kiln. So thanks again for being here with us tonight. Okay, welcome everyone. Again, my name is Natalie Plummer. Um, and I am honored to be able to moderate today. Um, this is an incredible lineup of women. Um, as I said, I run a community page called Hello Meridian and I do a podcast and uh, by trade, I'm a social media strategist and content creator. I don't use the word influencer because usually people think like twerking 26 year olds and I am not that. that is, I can do that. I choose not to do that. So that's me. So we're going to meet our incredible panelists. Um, so why don't we start with, we'll just, yeah, let's go down this direction. Yes, probably. All right. So Jen, you're going to start us off. Hello. Oh, hi. <laughs> I'm Jen. I own Bar 3 Eagle and Bar 3 Boise, which is a fitness uh, franchise. And I'm also a certified life coach where I coach femalepreneurs in one-on-one -on -one coaching. Hello, I'm Shannon McGuire. I am a mom above all else. Uh, my sideline gig, I am a strategist, coach, facilitator. I own Spark Strategic Solutions and Supreme Moms, and I'm a co-founder of the Idaho Resilience Project. So I, um, that sounds like a lot. So. <laughs> and she's turning 40. Like, woohoo! <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Katie Vila. I am the Chief Operating Officer at Roundhouse. We're a real estate and um, an investment and development company within the real estate space, mostly multifamily. Um, and so we do a lot of work in the Mountain West, which for us means we're in Montana, Idaho, Colorado, and um, Utah. So, yeah, cool. Hi, I'm Lindsay Nadler. I am a business coach for female CEOs. I have been in the online coaching industry and social media marketing world for over a decade at this point. Um, and our specialty is really helping women position their brands powerfully online and then make the boss moves required to really step into their CEO role. Um, and then just last year in 2021, we launched CEO Hat Club. Got some CEO Hat Club ladies repping tonight. Um, and we specialize in curating quality hats for powerful women and they are perfect for your next brand photo shoot or just everyday CEO life. And the mission of my companies is for every woman to feel powerful and to step into their power unapologetically. Hello, I'm Hannah McGee and I am the founder of Empowered Women Connect. It's a monthly group of women who um, meet together to connect um, over networking. It's about really getting to know each other, um, not just passing out your cards and expecting referrals and selling your business. It's really about getting to know each other first. So I host that on a monthly basis here in the Treasure Valley. I'm also a business consultant and coach for businesses who have started from one to five years and helping them grow to the next level. So. Honored to be here. Wonderful. So as you can see, the panelists is really made up of quite the eclectic group, everyone powerful in their own way. But I'm really excited because some of these questions, uh, well, we had a lot of questions come in, um, so many that we really pared it down to more topics. Um, so there's really four major topics that we're going to talk about, things that um, I think unify women in some of our struggles. Um, and some of our power at the same time. And then I invite you all to really speak into the mic since this is going on a podcast, so you can really, we can hear all of you. So the first question is one that I need help with, and so I'm gonna be listening closely. And this is also the most commonly asked question, and it's about balance. Um, balance just hits different with women. It does, we have a lot, whether it's, balancing your family, balancing the requests from friends and coworkers, um, the ability to say no and really standing in that. So I wanna talk a little bit about power with balance. And all of you do work where you're helping other women in business. What advice are you giving to women for owning and taking back their balance in their life? Um, and anyone can kind of just say they wanna start with. Do you want to start, Hannah? I will start. Um, that's funny. I had this conversation with one of my um, members today. And for me, there is no balance. I believe it's really figuring out, you know, with the season of life that you have. Um, I do have children, and I have a husband, too. So you it's more about kind of juggling the balls that you have in the air with your business, with your life, and um, creating boundaries. I think the biggest key and uh, is creating boundaries. And, and my actually, my word for this year is actually no. Um, 
And I got to celebrate and know someone asked me to do, you know, to show up at their place and be kind of the, I'm not an influencer, but they asked me to show up. And I love supporting women, but I, I said no. And I'm, I'm celebrating my no's right now. My kids actually came on my wall and I have actually in big words, celebrate your no, like N-O, S. My daughter changed it to N-O-S-E. She thought that was really funny. So I, it is really about creating balance um, by, by juggling it, really. There's no, to me, I thought that there could be a balance. But really, in seasons of life, summer is very difficult. I am shuttling my kids everywhere. And so it's juggling the balls of, of prioritizing what is most important to you, not to someone else. Uh, not to another businesswoman, but what is your what are your priorities in this season of life? Is it to you need to make money? Is it to spend time with your kids? Is it to spend time with your husband? And then figuring out how that's going to work. There, to me, there is no like word for balance. So I love that. It's almost as if balance is kind of a trap word. It's we think that we're supposed to be reaching for this, but it just might not be possible, and we need a better word. Lindsay, you want to take that? So I'll just say three things. Piggybacking on Hannah, what she said, know your season. You know, some of us, you have to know the season of your business. You know, especially if you're in a growth stage, it's go time. It's actually yes time. You need to say yes to a lot of things. And everybody's got to be on board within your family, your friend unit. Everybody's got to be on the same page with that. And if we're taking our businesses seriously and we're acting as the CEOs, there's gonna be seasons where you've gotta say yes, you've gotta get in the room like you did tonight, and, and that's okay. So I think it's embrace your season, really be discerning about the season of life and business you're in, and then build your business in a way that it's supporting your life. So I don't think there's balance, I think it's know your season and know your priorities, and then communicate those priorities to everybody else and that you know my business gets the same priority you know as all of these other as all of these other things the other two things that i'll say is that no is a complete sentence no is a complete sentence as women we constantly feel like we have to appease please and explain None of those things are necessary. You don't have to give anybody an explanation. You don't have to apologize. You don't have to give all of these reasons why you said no. Just say no. It's a complete sentence. And then the last thing that I'll say is when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. And I think that was kind of what you're saying. is like sometimes there's this FOMO uh, that we're going to miss out. And again, if you know your season, if you know that when, I, when I'm saying no to this, Right now in this season, I'm saying yes to all of these other things. And that can alleviate a lot of the guilt and the FOMO and the keeping up with the Joneses and all that kind of stuff, you know, that we can kind of get in our heads about, right? So know your season, communicate it, know is a complete sentence. That's all I got. I think you guys hit on all of the topics. Um, I probably somewhat reiterating this, but my like two quick thoughts is like, I love that no is a sentence. And what I always say is that you have to give a high quality no. Um, and, and that's sort of what's always in the back of my head. Um, I'm not very good at it, to, to be totally frank. I, I make excuses and um, still something that I'm perfecting, but I think that giving that high quality no is a really important thing, especially for women that we need to learn how to do. Uh, explain, oh, sorry, could you explain that a little bit more? What is a high quality no to you? 
but it's, it's really touching on exactly, um, I'm so sorry, I'm forgetting your name. I'm so sorry, um, what Lindsay just said, but it's that you don't need to give an excuse, right? Like, if you, if your, I don't know, your neighbor expects you to babysit her children and that's just like her expectation, she's like, oh, hey, Katie, like, I'm dropping my children off and like, no. Um, and it's just like not feeling like just because it's something you've done in the past that you should be expected to continue doing it in the future. And so um, it's really like a no without excuses, sort of exactly as Lindsay explained. Um, the other thing that I think has always been on my mind really from when I was a young professional was that um, everyone was always talking about work-life balance. And I was pulled into so many meetings where like, oh, we're gonna have a special session for women on work-life balance. And when I was younger, it would really irritate me. I was like, why am I treated differently than any of the men sitting in this room? And um, you know, I sort of dealt with it at the time, but I think that all of us have different things that are happening in our life at different times and different things that we wanna prioritize. And some women may wanna you know, work so hard so that they can get that promotion, so that they can advance their careers, whatever the case may be. And then something changes in their life, you know, whether it be a family member that they need to take care of or children that they really wanna prioritize. Um, and they need to scale back and all of those things are okay. And we just need to find our path and what that you know, quote unquote balance is for us as individuals and not say that work-life balance is a thing for every single person and that there's a correct work-life balance because I don't think there is. I love it. Um, one thing about these mics is they take about two seconds to pop from one to the other. I'm just learning that, so we're gonna learn together. <laughs> All right, Shannon. Nope, that was two seconds. I tried, I really tried. It was like 4.3. Um, so I've been doing this for a while. I had my first at 18, so you could do the math a little bit. I got rid of balance and I replaced it with fusion. So I firmly believe that it's work-life synergy that leads to fusion. I had to stop separating my life. I had to build a world around me where I could do everything that I wanted to do, but not anything I didn't want to do. And I got fiercely protective of myself and I actually don't do no very well intentionally because I learned to say yes to me. So I think oftentimes we bring what we call fads, energy, fear, anger, disgust, sadness, and schadenfreude, which means deriving joy off another's misery. Oftentimes, especially as women, we get activated in this place where we have to get angry and I'm gonna say yes to me and F everyone else and I'm gonna stand up for me and I'm gonna say no and I'm like, dog, I'm just saying yes to me. <laughs> Simple, and I explain because by offering an explanation, particularly to the people in my life around me, I'm letting them know cognitively and spiritually, emotionally, what matters to me. And I think that's important because if I just give a no personally, this is just me and my world, so everything I say is what works for me and what I find works for the women and the men and the kids around me. It's saying yes to yourself, it's finding a way to bring balance first then you synergize what you are doing and then you fuse it together and you build the world and the life that you want, say yes to you. So balance is a word that I think um, is short-sighted, it needs two more. Where's my synergy? What is working for me? Where can I find cohesion, collaboration? And then how do I fuse it? And that's the beauty, I love the word unity and I'm on a unity kick of how do we bring more harmony to ourselves, therefore the people around us. And the power of women, particularly as mothers, regardless, we are like this emotional beacon and recharge source and it's incredibly annoying, but it's also so freaking humbling 
to be responsible for nurturing human life. So I don't take it lightly. So for me, say yes to yourself, balance, synergy, fusion, and get rid of that work-life balance and build the life in the world that you desire. I know that sounds really like easy, simple. It's simple, but effortful. It's gonna require you to invest. 50% of it is believing that you can. Yes, <laughs> to all of this, yes. So I think it's interesting to unpack why balance, not how balance. So what are we trying to achieve by having balance in our lives and to find moments where we can achieve those on a daily basis, no matter what our workload is? Because for me, I love to work. Like it fuels me. I don't want to do some other things that other people want to do. But for me, I could probably work all the time. I absolutely love it. So instead of focusing on trying to achieve an unrealistic expectation of balance, I believe that it's important to find out what feeling do you think that balance is going to give you and then create those mindful moments throughout your day, throughout your week. They can happen in a second. You're starting with me. That was amazing. Um, I, I love that all of you seem to say um, very different things, but that we're taking ownership, that it's all about deciding this is our life, it's our rules, our expectations that we're putting on people. And I, I think that sometimes women struggle with that. Um, and you have to have a lot of confidence um, to, to, I think, bring that in with your family, with your friends, um, I think almost harder with your family and friends than maybe your coworkers. Um, but I would like to talk a little bit about confidence because as we look at you women on this panel, I would say that you exude confidence. Um, though since I've worked with many of you, I also know that's not always the case um, and that we all struggle with confidence in our business. And so I'd love to talk a little bit about how you have been able to kind of own your confidence, what you've done to really instill confidence in yourself and also how you fake it a little bit. Like when you're not feeling it, how do you still show up? How do you show up on the day you're like, I was just eating chips an hour ago in bed watching the Umbrella Academy. That was me. And how do you show up an hour later and show up with confidence? And we're gonna start with Jen, because it's only fair. <laughs> oh, there we go. I love this question. And um, when I was younger and when I was first starting out in business, I really embraced this concept of fake it until you make it. And then I realized that wasn't really authentic to me. So in my experience, fake it until you make it doesn't work for me. So instead, what I decided to embrace is, again, that who is the person that is confident? So the who before the how. So what can I believe about myself that allows me to show up authentically as myself but allows me to show up in a way that makes me feel confident. Because here's the thing that I learned. Whatever you guys think of me, I don't even know. I usually get it wrong. And so since this is my experience that I'm paying for with not only my time, but my money, I get to decide how I wanna feel. And if I wanna feel confident at the end of the day, I am in charge of creating that emotion for myself by what I think. Now there's a couple of ways to be confident. So there's also the technical aspect of confidence, correct? So I'm a fitness professional. 
I could not just show up and feel confident in the product that I'm offering in my community unless I did the work behind it to become um, an expert in it and show up with the expert energy. So there's the technical aspect of confidence that comes with practice, and then there's the mindset aspect of confidence that also comes with practice. And I'm gonna, like I have a little bit, like just a little bit more to say, and that is this. We can draw on confidence from things that we've done in our past. So right now in this room, right now if I asked you to share with me something that you are confident in, you would share that with me. So that would create an emotion in your body. And that emotion is the emotion that you can lean on when you find yourself in a place that you are not confident. So you remember what that feels like. You have it well up in your body and then you, you act and you show up from that energy knowing that she who has done that can also do the next thing and also do the next thing and also do the next thing. And if it doesn't work, you're gonna do the next thing, right? So um, that's my take on confidence. I'm just gonna talk, oh wait, it was there because you went confidence baby. So um, confidence is a word that I, I love. It's rooted in trust, faith, belief. And there's three layers to me. Self-confidence. Do you have that in yourself? Do you trust others? So confidence in others and confidence in the collective. And I don't like the fake it either. I can't stand faking things. Real is the new real. I just won't do it. Uh, I also believe in knowing yourself first. Number one, own your story, know your story. You are the expert in you, and if you aren't, you need to talk to Christina right here because she will help you with that. Seriously, you gotta know yourself, and that starts by understanding and unpacking your story, and it's the hard shit, favorite word, full disclosure. It's going back to your origin story. Who are you? Where do you come from? Why are you here? And what do you want? And you gotta let go of all the programs and shit people gave you before, because that's what breeds the little werenator. That's a whole other story. But it's like this werewolf narrator in your head that comes out and it breeds this stuff in you and it creates all of these doubts. Because that fake it till you make it, there's this stuff that, you know, it's called imposter syndrome, which is fascinating. As I look at this and I'm like, imposter syndrome and feeling like you're not enough and you're not there, where did that voice come from? Where did it start? So when you show up and you show up in a space, you can have full confidence in who you are because you know who you are and you should know who you are. And if you don't, that's a great place to start. So I oftentimes think, especially as women, we have these labels that we carry. We carry these badges of dishonor in who we are because of society. Society, they can take a long walk over there. It starts with you and really, really, really think about your family upbringing and think about what doesn't serve you, what do, does serve you now, and just own your story. Your story, have confidence in who you are. I guarantee you, and I love that, I guarantee you there's something in your life you've conquered. Not just survive, but you conquered it. So think of it as summits in life that we hit, and people think that that's all rosy, and it's like, great, you're at a summit. Do you know what I had to go through to get to that summit? Do you know what I had to go through? And then the other side of it, there's a descent, and we go into sewers. And the sewers are the hard part, but that's the beauty. That's where like the diamonds and the emeralds are. That's where the gold is. So when you think about the things that you've conquered, whether it's childhood, teenhood, adulthood, motherhood, wifehood, girlfriendhood, hoods you're confused in, you've conquered it. 
So own your story and know who you are. For me personally, when I talk like this, I'm really talking to myself. So it's what works for me and I share what works for me with others and hopefully it helps them. So confidence. And then the other one, I love confidence. When people confide in me, it breeds a confidence that just fills my bucket. I don't do advice or opinions because advice makes me think you're squeezing somebody and opinions, you're poking me. I love insight because it's drawing on my lived experience. You have experience, you have a story, own your story, know who you are, and walk in that confidence of no matter what, you're like, Psh, I know me, I got this. That was amazing, all right, Katie. <laughs> Hi, okay, there we go. Um, so two pieces of really low-hanging fruit to start um, that have sort of been helpful to me in some ways, not in all ways, um, is whenever I was feeling unconfident, one, I would overdress, and just the way that I presented myself had a big effect on my confidence. Um, and so just low-hanging fruit. And then the other low-hanging fruit was something, I think I used it specifically in interviewing a lot, was I think something that Amy Cuddy, I believe her name said, and it was this like going to the bathroom before your interview and standing in this power position, and just that power position just affects the way that you are mentally going into whatever you're about to go into. Um, so the other thing that I think about a lot um, and I think has helped me grow confidence over time is really being okay with failure. Um, and so, of course, you're gonna like, not have confidence the first time you do something, whether it be public speaking, whether it be pitching a new deal, of course you're gonna be nervous and you should be nervous. And you might fail and that's okay. Um, and being really comfortable with your failure and then going back and doing better and better and better. And eventually you will master whatever it is that you've, that you've done. Um, and it's accepting not only your failure, but others' failures too, right? You might have one of your teammates that, hey, it's your turn. You're gonna go pitch this and whoever is your safeguard person, they're not gonna be there. And so it's on you and whoever, you know, me as sort of the chief operating officer, I have to send people out there and I can't be there all the time and I have to trust that they're gonna do it and when they fail, I'm not, like, I'm not gonna yell at them or get upset, like, that's okay that they failed. Um, and they're gonna try again and they're gonna do better um, and eventually we'll get there. Um, the other thing that's helped me a lot is um, everyone has you know, a culture and a value system at their work. Um, and a lot of times that's how you make decisions is through that culture and value. So if I'm making a decision at work, does this fall in line with our culture and values? If it does, I know that I'm making the right decision. Really looking inward and thinking about your own value system and what's important to you. So it just makes the process of making decisions, whether you're saying no to something or yes to something, um, and just how you're carrying yourself in day-to-day -day business, how you're treating other people, um, you, having those values down, one of my values happens to be generosity, which is something that I quickly go to. And if I'm ever like, ugh, like should I give so-and-so this X, Y, Z? Yeah, like I'm a generous person. That's part of my identity and it's one of my values. And so the decision is really easy. So step number one, purchase a CEO hat immediately. <laughs> Come on, I couldn't resist. Comp, that's fair, embodiment tool, and it'll help with the power position. You put your hat on, you know, put your blazer on, get out there and get it done. So 
I actually teach this uh, confident leadership framework inside one of my course boss moves. And I'll give just a little snippet, some key takeaways that I, that I always teach is confidence is one, an identity. It's who you believe you are. It's, you know, tools, the hats, the, the blazers, like all the stuff, like all of that's great. But confidence is here. It's from understanding your power. So confidence is first an identity. Secondly, it is a skill set. Confidence is practice through action. Action breeds confidence. The more that you do it, the more that you show up, the more that you do the thing you're afraid of, the more you do the thing that you're uncomfortable with, the more confident you're gonna become and the more your expertise is gonna get dialed in. And to answer the question about what do you do when you're having the days where you're in the bed, you know, eating chips and watching Netflix and you don't wanna show up, you know you need to do so anyway, but how do I? And that whole thing we do, right? I say, get into the zero fucks given zone as fast as you can. <laughs> and live from that place, really, right? Like, that's the solution. Like, give zero fucks. Like, what are you fighting for? Like, what are you passionate about? Like, is because I don't look a certain way or I'm feeling down and keep you from, like, sharing your message and building your business and doing the thing that you're called to do? Like, come on, this isn't a game. Like, get up and go. Um, the, other, the last thing that I'll say is this, is that confidence, true confidence at the end of the day has nothing to prove. Confidence has nothing to prove. So when you walk into a room, when you, when you show up to the sales call, when you meet with your friend, when, you, when you're on social media, like in any engagement that you feeling, feeling like you're needing confidence, just ask yourself, just check, like what am I trying to prove right now? What am I trying to prove? Why do I feel like I have to prove myself to anything or anyone that I have to be, you know, some other way? Like, I, like I know who I am. I, I'm comfortable with myself. I give zero fucks. When I walk into the room, I change it, and I know that. And that's how you can really operate from this relaxed intensity. And from a, a business example, like, think about that. Don't you want to work with confident people? Don't you wanna work with people who are at ease, who know who they are, who aren't one-upping and backbiting and comparing and like, insecurity is loud. Confidence says, I have nothing to prove. That's good. Yes. <laughs> um, I, would, I would say um, for confidence, um, so, I used to be a wife of a politician, and I had to kind of put on this front, and I think I've always struggled with that because I always wanted to be a sincere, true-to-myself person, and for a long time, I couldn't. I had to put on this front that I liked everybody, that I looked good, that I knew all the answers, even though half the time I did not. So I was portraying someone I was not, and thankfully, Thank God all of it came crashing down and it was messy. But in the rebuilding of that, I was able to be who I wanted to be. I was sincere. I became sincere. I've always been a sincere person before that and I was able to be a sincere person before and or after. And I kind of wore my feelings and, and how I carried myself on my sleeve. And that made me a confident person is being accepting that, you know, I care 
and that I don't like you, but I do like you. You know, those kind of things that I had, I struggled with for so long that I wasn't real, my, my real self. And so for me, it's being sincere with being who I am with, it could be emotional one time or strong another time, but just for me, confidence comes by being sincere and being true to who I am. And also um, celebrating, celebrating these wins. Like it's, for me, I'm an achiever and I wanna go, go, go and keep going and working hard. But when I slow down and celebrate my wins and celebrate my no's and celebrate the things that I can stop and, sit and look back and say, wow, I've created a, uh, a, an atmosphere and a community of women that feel safe, that are impacted by, by being themselves for four years, every single month for four years in the Treasure Valley where women can come and be themselves and they don't have to sell their business and they can just be who they are and connect with other women and that's how they grow. And if I slow down and celebrate that, that's where my confidence comes because I'm like, wow, because I was sincere, because I created something, that creates confidence in myself. And so celebrate, slowing down and celebrating those wins and those no's is where my confidence has come and just being true to myself in that sincerity of I care. I care about you. I, here is my space for you. Um, so that is where I um, find my confidence. And in those times uh, where you're eating chips and, you know, Netflix, I think part of it is letting you do that. Like, okay, kind of like what you said, like, do the crying, do the chips, do the movie, but then tomorrow, shake it off, wash up, and move on. And I think carrying that in that confidence of knowing that's okay, you accept that, and then just take the next step um, and find, you know, your next step to make your impact and know who you are. Those are amazing, and to be honest, I wasn't crying when I was eating the chips. Um, I, I, yesterday I did, but. Um, so one thing I really liked that I heard from all of you was that confidence had nothing to do with any of the people outside of you. you. No one said, well, I looked better than everyone else. I did a better job, I did a better pitch. None of you talked at all about how you were being viewed. And I think sometimes we confuse confidence with how people see us. We are, we are judging ourselves based on what we think people see. No one said anything about that. And I think that's why a lot of times confident women come together. And like you see these groups of super powerful women and you think, oh, this, you know, why are they all together? Are they masterminding? No, because they're safe. Because confident women are safe women. Because they are not trying to pull you down because it's not about you, it's about finding themselves. And I, I love that. And I, I, can you imagine a world of just those kind of women? Like that would be amazing. Hair, they're hair. And we have a lot in the Treasure Valley, it's amazing. Um, so leading on from confidence, this is a similar um, question, so, but it's a little different. We're gonna talk a little bit about power because it isn't always about just you because sometimes you're in a room with people and sometimes you're in a corporate world and it's not all just women who are, you know, trying to push you up. Sometimes it's a little backwards. Sometimes you're mansplained too and I don't like that. I don't handle that well. Um, so I wanna talk a little bit, if you have some specific tools 
When you have your confidence, I call it taking up space. How do you take up space, but you know, you, you don't want to be too much. And there's that weird thing of like, oh, I don't want to like explode into the room, but I want to show my power. When you are dealing with corporate America, how are you owning your power? Shannon, why don't we start with you? <laughs> So, ooh, I was talking to myself, so I'm glad you didn't hear that. Um, so I start by word, I, words. You gotta define words. What does power even mean? And I define power as the, the ability to make decisions for myself and sometimes others. I always have power. I mean, I call myself the chief empowerment officer because it's a reminder to me that I am here to remind people around me in my life, you have all the power you ever need. God's love language is free will. You were given free will. And I know it may not feel like it at times, but I know there's days I'm like, Lord, why'd you put this on me? <laughs> free will? <laughs> so having the ability to make decisions for myself and others puts me in a grounding space. I try not to live victimhood. There's heroes, villains, and victims. We like to look at them, and it's them that did it to us, and they're the villain. And I am gonna look at myself perhaps as I'm the hero, but I'm really in victimhood. And I think sometimes as women, we get so caught up in what they're saying and what they're doing that we lose ourselves. So for me, it took a long time because I grew up in a very masculine environment to where I had to go, what does that have to do with me? It's like somebody coming up and saying, I really hate the color pink. Like, what does that got to do with me? What does that got to do with me? And I'm wearing blue, by the way. So I think that's how I see things. I asked my 18-year-old just the other day about mansplaining, because I have three boys. So my age is to give you concept, uh, context. Uh, my daughter's the oldest, she's 21. I have uh, all three boys after, Lord. 18, nine, and four. So I have a lot of boys, and I got a lot of space. And my 18-year-old kind of rolled his eyes, and he's like, mansplaining is like telling women things in a condescending way, and you know, I was like, oh, how I grew up. But it's not just men. I think sometimes in corporate America, it's the women. It's the women. It's like this tear you down in order for me to get up. And I don't know if y'all know, but I'm a little different than most people. Um, I'm a little taller when I wear heels. No, seriously. like. I'm a little different because being a teen mom in corporate America and just the world in, in general, I am black, I know, let's get it out of the way. So life is a little different, but it doesn't have to be. People are gonna put labels on you all the time. They're gonna try to convince you you don't have power, tell you things. I personally, when people say things to me, I get hella curious. I test my hypothesis. I try not to make assumptions because assumptions are like the untruths that aren't really there. I ask questions back. The energy that comes my way, I'm very protective of what I receive. And sometimes people are just shitty people, they will be, man, woman, in between. The thing is, have confidence in yourself. So for me, start with your definitions. What do you believe power is? I try not to take up space. I try not to push myself on anyone. I'm just me, and I show up. I, if I'm gonna attend a meeting, I'm gonna speak up. I'm not gonna just sit there and not contribute and not ask a question. So asking questions is the best thing you can do. So to give you even a little more context, I spend my days strategizing with all kinds of people. Leaders, so top CEOs of multi-billion dollar companies and startups. 
I got nonprofit startups and I got successful philanthropists that want to give their money. You want to know what, what the interesting thing is? They're all very similar people. They're all very similar people and the power that they have to make decisions starts with themselves and then sometimes others. You have that same power. What are you going to do with it? And perhaps instead of standing in this space like I'm a woman and I have to fight so hard, you probably do, I mean we do, but what are you gonna do with it? What are you gonna do with all of your power? What decisions are you gonna make and what are you going to consent to and move yourself forward? Because if we keep playing into the narrative that it's all about them and we can't do anything until we get our power back, we'll never get it. So God's love language is free will, you were given it. Just define power for yourself. That's what worked for me, that's what works for thousands of people that I've dealt with over my lifetime. So that's what I, that's what I offer. Who's next? I work with mainly women in corporate, so owning a franchise, most of the other owners are women, and then home office for bar three is also women. I will say this about power. Power is all about the way that you take things and we're in full control of that. So for example, if somebody tries to mansplain something to me, I, I don't care. It's like when a circumstance happens to me, what am I making that mean? And am I choosing to play the victim in it? Or am I choosing to define it to fit my own personal narrative. Can't control the circumstances. 100% power comes from the way that you view the circumstances that we can't control. Hello. Um, so I'm gonna take a little bit of a different approach with the question. Um, so I work in a very male-dominated field and I guess prior to being fully in real estate, I was a civil engineer, which was also incredibly male-dominated. So that's just been my life. Um, and I think so many people love to like bring up this topic of like, oh, you know, what is it like to you know work in a man's world? And honestly, I've always tried to just see the silver lining in it. I think that as women, we may have some different superpowers to really to like really unlock things that between a man-to-man -man relationship they don't have the ability to do um i think a huge one is like the way that men speak to one another especially in the construction world is just like i mean if anyone ever talked to me like that i would probably just start crying um and but with a woman like i feel like negotiating deals sometimes is easier for me than it is for them um people have a harder time saying no to me if i ask really nicely um, which is kind of a superpower, right? Um, and so finding those things, and you know, we're not all the same, everyone in this room, but we all have ways that we can approach a problem or you know, a situation that we can maybe, get, maybe have some advantage being a woman in a male-dominated world. Um, and so that's the way that I like to think about how I can have my own power in this male-dominated world. Um, yeah. Ooh, man, I could talk about this all day. This is like my favorite question on the planet. Like, where do we go? There's so many ways we could, we could go here. Um, <laughs> so the first thing that I'll say is that I think the biggest question that you as a woman need to ask yourself is do I think that power is a dirty word? Like, what do I really believe about the word power? 
and my ability not only to have it, but to steward it, because that's really the main issue. You know, power is a lot like giving a black Sharpie to someone. It's all about who's holding the Sharpie. If you give your black Sharpie to a three-year-old in this room full of beautiful white walls, it's probably be a different scenario than you giving a black Sharpie to a grown-ass woman, right? So I think for so many women, we waste a lot of time doubting our enoughness when we need to switch the conversation to, I am powerful beyond measure, how do I steward it? You know, every conference that you go to, don't y'all hear it? Every Instagram quote, every Pinterest, every, everywhere you go, no, you're worse, no, you're enough, you're enough, you're enough, you're enough, you're enough. Right? Uh, hello? <laughs> right? I isn't that the mess? I'm like, are we still having this conversation? Just know you're enough. Just know your worth and you'll be able to nail that sales call. <laughs> right? That's like my least favorite quote. I hate It's the when worst. I, <laughs> my, but look, but look, is your worthiness gonna, gonna help you when you are in the trenches? Is it? No, you have to take your power back. You have to stand in it. You have to steward it. Worthiness, enoughness is step one. It's baseline. It is so important. It's, a, it's the foundation. It is. But power and stewarding it is next. And so I, this is what I do with women all day, every day. CEOs, where are you giving your power away? How can you take it back? Where are you giving your power away? How can you take it back? Any problem in your business? Okay, where are you giving your power away? Where can we take it back? But if as women, we think that power in of itself is bad and isn't for us and that we don't trust ourselves to steward it in the way that we're meant to, we're gonna be in this never-ending cycle. How many of you in here wanna up-level? Probably why you're here, right? You wanna make more money, you wanna have more impact, you want things to feel different. The solution lies with how are you stewarding your power? What are those areas that you can take your power back? How can you stand in your presence everywhere you go and you walk in the room with that relaxed intensity like we were talking about earlier. And I love what you said because what you're talking about is using your feminine power. And that's a whole other ball game right there. Fun fact, I'm a former police officer. In case anybody, I am. And so <laughs> I, <laughs> I really am, I really was. And so I spent 12 hours of my day for four solid years with eight to 10 men constantly, and life or death situations where I was the female on the scene, on the set, and that feminine power is where it's at. When the men would rush into a situation and immediately escalate it with all of their egos, <laughs> not I, you know, we're, we're talking everybody down, we're coming up with solutions, so just know that you have, you were born, you were literally born with more power in your pinky finger than you could ever realize. It's just opening up your eyes to see it and taking it back, so. Amen, preach it. I think she, what she's saying too is that, you know, we have this message that we are enough. And it's true, we are. So let's move on and like, yes, we are enough. So we don't need to dwell there anymore. Like because, like she says, we're born, we are women, we are enough. 
So let's move on and find other conversations to carry on instead of always dwelling on the enoughness. We are enough. Um, so I agree, and I've learned that from her too, so that's I'm reiterating what she's saying. <laughs> but also, I think it goes back to confidence. Like when you know who you are and you know the, the, the gifts and the talents that you offer the world and that you are, you're walking in that confidence, that's where the power is. And um, when it comes, when um, this mansplaining, I honestly like, gosh, I feel like this is showing my age because I'm like, what does that actually mean? Like, have I had mansplaining? Well, yeah, I, when I actually Googled it. So just like, <laughs> I'm old, but I'm not that old. Uh, anyways, I had to Google it because I wasn't really sure what actually that meant. And yes, I've had times where these men have been condescending and uh, rude or whatever, but it actually is brought up about perspective and about your confidence. Like, you can have the perspective of, of like she said, being the victim and saying, you know, he's condescending, he's treating me badly, but you can also turn around and say, you know, respond in a confident way and... Um, ask a question back. I mean, I agree with all these women. I think it just is, comes down to your confidence and how you are carrying yourself and combating wh how these men are treating you. I think we allow, we allow people to treat us the way, you know, we teach them. And so if these men are treating us this way or certain, even women, like she said, there are definitely women who speak down to other women. It's how are we allowing them to treat us? And how are you going to stand in your power and, and carry yourself? And I think the way that we carry ourselves, people will see like, oh, I probably shouldn't say that to her. Or I shouldn't treat her like that because she's going to handle herself really well and then I'm going to be put in a corner. And so I really, I, I think it's all about your perspective and are you the victim or are you the powerful one that's going to, you know, command a room and um, say how you feel and, and all those things. I, I think we just allow it to happen. And I think part of it is also teaching our daughters and even our sons, like, how are we, how are we going to continue to carry ourselves and allow people to treat us that way? But also, how are we teaching our sons to treat other women as well? So. I love that. And you know, one thing I know about you women is that when you're in that situation, I have a feeling that you respond with respect. Um, Yes, we might we mansplained, but we. I think that when we respond in a way that teaches as well, like, you know, if someone says to me, "You're enough," I'm gonna say, "No shit." Like, yes, I know, but I'm gonna come with them, understanding that they have their own power, and I just need to treat them in a way that they can return that favor to me. And I've seen you all do that, and it's it's really impressive. It's hard though. Sometimes I just want to be like, "No, no, no, we're not gonna do that right now." <laughs> yes. All right. So we just have um, about 10 minutes. We want to get to our question and answers. But so I want to do kind of a rapid fire real fast with the last question. And we have all these wonderful women here. And one thing I think we all want is we want to support other women. And we all can be inspired to do that. But sometimes we need tools to do that. If you could say one tool, an actual actionable item of how to support another woman in business, how do you support women in business? And any of you can take it. I think one word. I just, like, I see you. 
Like, I think we all have the ability as women to see someone. And so it's like, I really, and it's, it's kind of trained, but also like, I see you, I see your gifts. Like, celebrating each other's gifts um, and because I think that's where you empower other women by celebrating each other's gifts and the talents that they have. So, celebrating each other. Do your own shit. Meaning, stop copying other women. There's one thing to be influenced and gleaned from. It's another thing to copy and imitate. And I see that a lot, especially on social media and just in business. It's like, you know, we want to talk about empowering women and supporting other women. Well, one of the biggest ways that you can do that is to be an innovator, be your own damn self and do your own damn thing and just stay in your lane. Like, we don't need you to do it like her, do it like you. We empower women and support women when we are the example, like when we're winning. So, you know, stop trying to be like someone else and be yourself fully. Hello. Um, giving your time, I found that like, you know, as a young professional, it was so, like I would feel so intimidated to ask a CEO or, or somebody superior to me for their time. It felt like I was asking for such a huge, huge burden. And so on the flip, I'm really like, if a woman reach out, reaches out to me and I feel like she has potential, there's something about our relationship that jives, really like telling her that like, please use me as a resource, me proactively checking in so that she doesn't feel like she's being a burden. And so just really actively mentoring in the opposite direction instead of thinking that young women are, are you know, just gonna be there and nag you all the time because they're not. I would say listen to and engage with their stories. I think everyone has a story and everyone's going through something and checking in and asking how are you. You can't do that if you're not recharged and you don't know your story and you haven't claimed yourself. Sometimes I think we paint labels and we make assumptions and we think things, test your hypothesis, but break the ice and ask them about their stories for the day, for their life, whatever, but build that rapport and check in on one another because it's, it's really hard. And if it gets to a place where it gets really deep because one out of three people are experiencing clinical signs of anxiety, depression, clinical signs. So it could go to a place that it, it's dark and out of your realm, but offer an ear, offer an ear to others because we all need it in these times. Love it all. <clears throat> My contribution is to show up authentically as yourself. So don't let who you are hold you back. And if you are in social media, show all of it or as much of it as you can if it's possible for your brand. <laughs> all right, I love all of that. And I love that you speak with such kindness. Um, and, and respect for women. I think that we see that with all of you, that when you come to a place of kindness and respect and, and a genuine desire for everyone to succeed, that people see that and they'll, they'll relate to that. And I, I don't think I've felt anything stronger for when I'm trying to just get through life, when I just know people genuinely care and genuinely are excited about my success. And I just, I see that in all of you women. All right, we're gonna do a little bit of question and answers, which will be really fun. So, oh, sorry, do you want to, you're the first? Okay, so um, 
Casey's gonna take the mic around. Um, so we're gonna try to focus on women and business stuff. Let's say, I like to stay away from politics, religion, and sex. We'll do a sex panel next. And I would like to host, okay? But for now, we're gonna stay away from those three subjects. Um, all right, so you can, so we got. Hello, um, Chelsea Major, Pearl House Collective Books. Um, so on that topic, would love to know books that have given you a new perspective or that you're reading right now. Oh, there we go. Um, I love books. My number one top book is The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Second top, essentialism, and then uh, then everything else. I love, I love books. But <laughs> yeah, I love books. I read too much. I'm actually finishing a book. Thank you, Jake, Christina, and my team for that. Um, the Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. I love that. Find your personal legend. Um, I also love The Dream Giver uh, by Bruce Wilkerson. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, gosh, we read so many darn books. Untethered. Uh, by Michael Singer, but uh, yeah, those are some that just randomly come to mind. I'm actually reading right now lots of books. I won't even go into that. Yeah. I'm like, so my problem is, is that I read my books on my Kindle and then I never know the author or the name <laughs> of the book. Um, but I love it's it's really efficient. Um, <laughs> uh, so one, there's an author that I've been reading all of her books. I, I can't, of course can't remember her name, um, but I happen to be of Cuban American descent, and so I love historical fiction. And so she wrote um, the Last Train to Key West, the Most Beautiful Woman in Cuba, um, the uh, something about Havana. Um, but so I don't know her name, but all of those books and any sort of historical fiction. <laughs> I love books, I love to smell books. <laughs> I love books. Um, I'll just give two, because it's so hard to pick. I'll give one that's practical and one that's uh, a little bit more deeper. So one, I feel like if you are a woman in business, you must read and implement the book Profit First. It is a game changer for your life, for your business. Um, so that, and then the second book is by a woman named Barbara Stanny, and it's called Sacred Success. And if you wanna go deeper on this power conversation, I mean, it's like my business Bible. Um, it was like when I read that book, I finally was like, oh my gosh, somebody gets it. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, so it, it's really good too. Um, so I finished uh, Built to Belong by Natalie Frank um, because I have a community of women. It's a great book on just um, community building. And she's also works with um, HoneyBook and um, uh, Rising Tide. So she's the founder of Rising Tide. So great book. <laughs> and, uh, I'm just going to say the book that I'm reading right now is actually on sex. It's a, called The Great Sex Rescue by Sheila Gregoire. It's a good one, especially like if you've kind of grown up in the purity culture and all the church. It's a really good book. Um, so that's actually, I know you don't want to go on that, but that's the one I'm reading right now. I'm always down to talk about that. All right, so book club, and we'll pick a sex book. So that will be great. I am super down for that. All right, next question. Okay, we got one right here. Oh, I have a book. It's so good. Isn't it great? 
Okay, I won't stand so quick because I'm in the front. But um, do you have a mentor currently, and how did you ask that person to be a mentor? Check, okay. <laughs> um, actually, so my mentor is Lindsay, actually, friend and mentor. Um, and actually, she just, she moved here a couple years ago. I'm not gonna tell the story, but she moved from um, Louisiana. And she actually reached out to me. Uh, she found me on Instagram, so became, we came, became friends. But also, I, I do love what she teaches and how she empowers. So I would say she's one of my business mentors as well as friend. Um. I think it's important to differentiate the difference between a coach and a mentor. Just if anybody else ever been kind of confused about that. So I've had many, many coaches over the years um, that I you know, have paid to work with. And what I'm always looking for in that is someone who has true fruit in their life and isn't just, um, and I haven't always done this, and that'll get you in trouble, isn't just flashing an income statement or isn't just, you know, talking about, you know, this, that, or the other, but I feel like truly is grounded and has true fruit in their life. For me, mentorship is a little bit different. Mentorship is someone who, they're not necessarily like teaching me things like step by step, it's more of like we're doing life together, like I'm gleaning wisdom from them. So that's really the difference for me. And in a mentor relationship, really the mentee should be initiating and leading. I think sometimes as women, we get in this, this place where we feel like the mentor should be like pursuing us constantly and mothering us, and that's not it. And so I do have um, some mentors in my life, and I look for the same thing, but Really, my mentors come in other areas like uh, relationships, sex, <laughs> you know, um, some of those other areas. And I'd say just always look for the real fruit in any relationship, um, you know, that you're considering. I would say currently I think I have three mentors and they've evolved over time. Um, and just different times in my life, like different ways that they're integrated, but I find the best mentors are honestly like more just friends that are in the same industry that I am. Maybe I'm interacting with them on a different level. One of them is um, like our one of our loan brokers. Um, I work with them all the time. We, we talk business all the time, but we also like very proactively sit down and just talk about life, challenges with business and all of that. And like of all of the mentors that I have, he's probably like the best one, um, but he feels more like a friend. I go for the exact opposite of everything that I am in a mentor, and I ask, and then I follow up. Most of the time, you ask for a business card, you ask for a conversation, but maybe there's fear to follow up. So that, and then I balance my mentorship with apprenticeship. I think it's super important to give back, and there's no better time to apply the learning that you're gleaning than by sharing it with others. So I try to go towards, so most of my mentors have honestly been men uh, because I, I'm curious and I go and reach up and I reach hella way up. Like it scares me, like are they really gonna respond to me? Yeah, they do. 
Um, so I reach up, I reach out, and then I make sure that I'm not reaching down to pick anyone up, but I'm shedding light to those that may be lower. So apprenticeships are just as important for me. I've had seasons where I've had mentors, and I have a technical mentor now for my fitness instruction and for life coaching. However, my take on mentorship is just a little bit different because I'm an introvert, believe it or not. And so for me to find a mentor in an arena where I'm a, I am a boutique fitness owner, but no boutique fitness owners I know have a lot of time. I also am particular about certain things. So I read books and I pretend like the people are talking to me. So my mentors are my books. And you might hear me say, like, Renee told me this thing and it's like super interesting. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I just, there are certain seasons of life where mentorship is not available for me. And so I have made uh, my own mentors in my own brain. Remember that you're your own mentor, too. I think that's important to be self-coached and self-mentored. Hi. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Uh, I'm Maddie. I own Pearl Spray Tans. Um, but thank you so much. This has been awesome to hear every single one of you. Um, but I just wanted to ask because I feel like everyone goes through this. Is when was your lowest point, and how did you kind of get yourself out of it? Because I think a lot of us maybe had a job like myself, had a full-time job, lost it due to the, everything going on right now, and you kind of had to lean on your side hustle. I mean, that's kind of what I'm going through. And I think there's like, I, what I've heard is you have this bottom, and I feel like that's where I'm at. And how do you get up, or what encourages you to get up? I've had so many low points. But the one that is sticking out to me right now that I think will be the most impactful is when I was told that I could never be a fitness instructor. So I'd I just made an investment in a franchise and I made it because I wanted to bring something to other women. And when I went to audition, they told me that I could never be an instructor because I was so bad. That was low. I asked them, okay, I get that, but so tell me, some things I can work on because I didn't really believe that they were, that I wasn't gonna do this. So tell me some things I can work on and they gave me the four points of the audition and told me that each one of them, I wasn't even close on. That was low. I will tell you that is the best gift that was ever given to me. And our low points are really our hero's journey and they're gonna make the best story. How did I get out of it? I remembered my mission. My mission was always show up for my community, build community, and empower other women to feel balanced in body and empowered from within, and to do that with fitness. I also have a passion to redefine what success in fitness means, and also what success in business means. And it's based on how it makes you feel, not the way that it makes you look. And so to remember your why, and have just blinders on towards what you want to bring to this world and know and trust that that is your hero's journey and it's gonna make the best story. 
Thank you. I'm a follow that because we're big on the hero's journey at Spark. And I say, one, make sure you're answering your call and you're not chasing something that isn't really what you want. Um, I've had lots of low points. 18 years old, teen mom on welfare, high school dropout, living in a motel room with my parents and brother the size of three jail cells. And this was the gifted child of promise that would make it. And I lost everything on, that I earned on a, in a trip to Vegas. Total different story. Um, so I had to bounce back from that. And then when I started my own official business, um, it was actually not, at the time, answering what a call that I wanted to do. I, I ended up doing things that I was good at. Don't get good at the wrong thing. Mm. And what I mean by that is that sometimes we chase money. We want to have more success and all of these things. But sometimes the low point is actually the answer to your call. Mm. Like, you've answered it. You've gone into the gorge. and you are navigating through that. Um, one of the low points was actually a high point of success. I, I reached success. I, what do I do? I built a two-comma business. Oh, my God. Compared to where I've come from. But what happens when you don't want it? Mm -hmm. And I had to go within and reclaim myself and find great people that encourage you along the way that are willing to not only believe in your dream, but fuck that will help you move towards your dream and keep pushing and reminding you that you can do the things that you want. You have all the power inside of you. So that low point is just like hitting the bottom of the pool, girl. You're just about to push yourself up. <laughs> Check in on your calling. What is calling you? What called you to this? And maybe this is a means to an end. What is it that you're really after? What do you really want? And get hella clear on that and then embrace the dark embrace purgatory that's where you purge your story and by embracing that darkness what you do is your eyes adjust and you find the light and then reach out reach out to people that are, are to the mentor question reach out to people that are doing not always exactly what you're doing but that are thriving and conquering and glean that energy and get away from the fucked energy. And what I mean by that is fear, uncertainty, chaos, and division. The people closest to you will awful, oftentimes be the people draining you, pulling you down. When you answer your call, this is the one, y'all, when you answer the call, the relationships will fall, seriously. Like, they start to be like taken away. So, tangent, but celebrate this moment, celebrate the low points. And I, I wish I would have known that earlier because I was so caught up in, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, and worrying. But celebrate the recognition of where you are. You got this, you really do. <laughs> yes, I will tell you. Fear, uncertainty, chaos, division. Period. Fear is the gateway to uncertainty, chaos, and it leads to division, which I'll plug my book, because if I don't, then my team will kill me. That's, the t that's what my book, how to, no, but it's actually, my kids are going to read it, I, that, I use it, but to mother, which is others from the hood, how I conquer fear, uncertainty, chaos, and division in my world, my world. So, yeah, don't be fucked, period. Just don't do it. Sorry, I took too long. That was great. You guys gave me chills. <laughs> um, two things that I've noticed. So I will either, and I talked about failure earlier, but I feel like failure is really what like comes to mind for me when, when you talk about your low point. Um, 
I either am so fired up after I fail that I am just like, sh like it's just like a whole nother person to like, uh, like succeed at whatever it was that I'm doing. And there's other times that I really don't care. And those times are clear that whatever I was dedicating my time to is not for me. And it wasn't for me. Um, my low point, probably many, but the first one that came to mind was when I was at business school. Business school, so I was, I was a civil engineer prior to going to business school. And the people that go to business school are intense people. Um, like, you, like you get graded on how, much, how many questions you answered and everyone in that room is gunning to raise their hand. Um, they all were private equity, bankers, consultants, like nobody had my background and that was the scariest thing in the world. But I was so driven to succeed and to be, to really excel in my class that I just studied my ass off and it was just about grit and perseverance. Man, so I'll just share a quick little story. Um, one of my, I've had many low points. I'm actually going through a low point right now, um, but I'll back up just a touch. One of the biggest low points in my life was when I was working three jobs. As a police officer, running boot camps. I thought I was gonna be some fitness guru, so I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And um, Long story short, I was the first responder to an active shooter in my town and a 95 year old man was getting groceries and was shot and killed in our grocery store parking lot by a crazed guy with an AR-15. And I was the first responder and he died in my arms. And I'll never forget, I worked on him like, for like 30 minutes, we're a small town where I'm from and so this active shooter had shot like three other people so we, guess what? There's only so many ambulances and paramedics, and nobody knew what was going on. So I was working on this guy um, for like 30 minutes, waiting on the ambulance to get there, and I mean, he was gone. I was covered in blood um, and had to go clean up, and they asked me if I wanted to be the one that went and told his wife, and I did. I didn't want anybody else to tell her. And she was a bank teller, and... Um, I went and told her that I did my best, but that he was gone. And I'll never forget the look on her face, like her just telling me thank you, like over and over again. And just like, what, it, what I'm trying to say is, is that I realized in that moment, I was so exhausted. I was burnt out, working three jobs, trying to build my business, and then this happens. And it sent me on a, in a pretty dark place, as you can imagine. And really reckoning with the fact that your life can be gone in an instant. This guy was just putting groceries in his car, lived his whole life. He's just getting in his pickup truck, boom, gone. And really, I only share this story publicly because I think it's meant to be shared this way, is that really that set me on a trajectory, or is that right, Project trajectory? trajectory to do what I do today because Hello? Um, it gave me mortality motivation and I think that if you can get real like grieve whatever you're going through right now but know that you're alive you're alive and we are not guaranteed a, one more breath and we have to make the decision every single day to get up 
and fight for our dreams. And there's a time when you've got to access the way of the warrior and decide what is it that I am really fighting for. I'm in a, 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 a low time right now, I won't go into specifics, but I've often felt like I've been in purgatory. I was watching this weird show the other day about aliens. <laughs> I don't know, anybody else? I love aliens. Um, I was watching this weird show about aliens and this guy said, purgatory is where you get the best perspective. And the reason that that is the case is because it's just you down there. And you get perspective on life and where you've come from and what you've done and what you haven't done. But more than anything, you see yourself and you see who you really are. So it's an invitation to the warrior's way. And I think that if you can really look within yourself and find that warrior and decide what you're going to fight for, man, you're going to look back 10 years from now and go, that is when she was made. That is when the woman that you see today was made right there in that moment. So. That's good. Um, and I would just follow up and say, keep showing up. Um, I know, I think the hard, you know, the hard times that you go through is how are you going to show up and how are you going to keep going and being consistent? I think those hard times, um, you just, you can't give up. And I think it's just doing the next best thing that you know how to do and just keep can being consistent and showing up while you're going through that because it's true we have been there and I know many of you have been there as well as you you look back and see these are the biggest most Im most impactful parts of your life that help you take you where you're next where you're going to go next and so just keep going keep showing up don't give up and then find I think for me, it was finding those mentors or those people that help kind of carry you when you won't, don't believe in yourself, they believe in you. So find those right people for your life too. All right, that's amazing. And I will say, there's not a single extremely successful person that you uh, are talking to or seeing who have not been to the depths. Um, and sometimes those are intense, those are the things that you share with each other. Um, not one person has not been there and has felt what it feels like to look so high. And then when you're looking on the other side, that's a, it's a, it's a pretty amazing experience. Um, I think we're out of time at this point. So if you have more questions, feel free to come up to the panelists. But thank you so much, women. Can we give a round of applause? These are some amazing women. And if you would like to, oh, that's such a good picture of me. <laughs> um, if you'd like to follow anyone, we're right up there. And if you have any questions about Kiln, um, just you can speak to these beautiful women right here. You can take a tour. My desk is downstairs, so it's all set up pretty if you want to see it. Um, but thank you so much for being here, and we'll do this again very soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at The Boise Bubble. And for more information about our community, follow at Hello Meridian. See you next time. The Boise Bubble podcast is sponsored by Volkswagen of Boise. Interested in buying a Volkswagen in the Treasure Valley? Head to www.volkswagenofboise.com to learn more.